All right now, you're listening to the Real Texas Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Bronin, just a fed-up taxpayer, bringing you all of your Texas local and national news. Welcome to Real Texas Radio Podcast. Thank you for tuning in as always. And I want to kick off the show today by talking about the Texas electric grid, which has been in the news a lot this summer. And in fact, the grid has been in the news for the last couple of years, ever since the big meltdown back in the winter of 2021, when many in the state were without power and and it was somewhat of a disaster and many feel it was embarrassing seeing as texas is the energy capital of the world by many standards it's something i think about a lot uh, particularly as the governor race is heating up here in texas you may have been reading that beto o'rourke he's closing the gap to greg abbott and they're just a few points apart, according to some of the recent polls. And Beto O'Rourke, he is now out fundraising Greg Abbott. He's got more cash, even though both of them, they're very well funded in their campaigns. But, you know, it, it's not been much of a, it hasn't been much of an exciting race, not from a commentator perspective in any case. There hasn't been a whole lot of drama. And Beto O'Rourke, of course, he's been around for a long time. He was a multi-term congressman from El Paso. He ran for president of the United States in the last election cycle as a Democrat. And he's a big lefty. He's got a ton of money. He married an heiress a, who's a multi-multi-millionaire times over. And, and I believe that she's an only child too. So Beto, nice one on that front. But Beto has found the electric grid as an issue where he thinks he is gonna leverage over Greg Abbott and, and he's blaming Greg Abbott for any of the vulnerabilities in the grid. So I, I haven't been affected by any rolling blackouts. Allegedly, some people have in the Dallas area, but I've mentioned before on the show that one of the ways that my husband and I were saving money in this economic climate of inflation is we aren't turning on the AC for the most part during the day. If we have a guest over, which isn't too often, we'll turn on the AC. But even then, we have it up at 78 or 79 degrees. And when the temperature is 100 plus degrees outside, that's a huge difference. It, it is perfectly comfortable to sit in a room that is 78 degrees. And we are fortunate enough to have ceiling fans downstairs and they make a big difference too, really keeping the air circulating. And it has made a, a big difference in our electricity bill. I would say a hundred bucks a month so I'm, I'm thankful for that. The electric bills for many Texans, they have soared, just like everything else is soaring 
because of the horrible inflation that the U.S. hasn't experienced in 40 years. So even though Texas has all of these green technologies like windmills and solar panels, and there are more investments in those technologies, and in the summer, we can rely on those more when, when there's plenty of sun and, and hopefully plenty of wind, but it, they are in the, the crosshairs for Republicans, right? What, you know, why don't we have more natural gas? Why can't we use more coal? Why can't we use the traditional, conventional, proven methods for getting power to people's homes? But one of the big issues, it's not so much generating that electricity, but it is transmitting that electricity across uh, power lines. And that infrastructure is outdated. And of course, in, in the last few years, hundreds of thousands of people have moved into Texas. And they are obviously concentrating in the metropolises like the DFW area, like Houston and Austin. And it, the, the demand for electricity usage, it's, it's obviously climbed as a result. Last year, Abbott passed some legislation that was supposed to fix all the woes of the grid. And a lot of people felt it didn't go far enough and it, it didn't really address the major underlying issues. I don't think that most people appreciate the precarious nature of the grid and the very sensitive window of opportunity there is to make repairs to the electric grid. So for example, in Texas, typically in the temperate weather, like in the fall or in the early spring, that's when the state generally does plant maintenance, when people aren't relying on heat or the AC so much. And we're not talking about just shutting down a plant for a few hours and then it's good to go. We're talking about extensive repairs. These plants are relying on infrastructure that it is, that's 30 or even 50 years old. Many of us in Dallas, we live in older buildings. We live in older apartment or condominium complexes that were built in the 60s or in the 70s. And they were built with cast iron pipes. So I'm, I'm giving you an example here. And if you're in that situation, like I am, your building's infrastructure, it is, it's precarious, right? And somebody eventually is, is going to just purchase this older building and they're going to knock it down. It's not worth going in and trying to rebuild the, the plumbing infrastructure. It's just going to crumble. It's going to cost, it, it could get into the millions. And it's much easier to just knock the building and start from scratch using the technology that's standard for today. Okay, so now think about that in terms of a power plant that is responsible for funneling electricity to millions of people across the state of Texas. It's not that easy. You can't just knock it down or you can't necessarily just build a new one, right? The climate activists are saying they don't want any new natural gas plants. They don't want any new 
coal-fired plants. So that's not even an option. So the other pieces, because the summer came on so early, the hot, hot, hot weather arrived so early in the state of Texas this year, that really shortened the window of opportunity to make the necessary repairs, like leaks. And so there are crew who are obviously responsible for monitoring these plants, monitoring leaks. And, and there are leaks, by the way, but it, it a leak doesn't necessarily mean that there's going to be a failure. It's definitely not a good sign. It's definitely something that state officials are keeping an eye on. But when it's 105 degrees, what are they going to do? They're literally, it's kind of fingers crossed and just praying that there's not an emergency. And at the same time, they're, all they're asking the citizens of Texas to do in the meantime is turn up your AC to 78 or 79. Help us out a little bit. The cryptocurrency industry, which has a heavy presence in the state of Texas, the state officials, they have reached out to the cryptocurrency miners and they've said, hey, you, you, you can't be doing this now because of the enormous electricity that that industry requires in order to operate. And the cryptocurrency industry, apparently 90% of them, they're complying with that request. But ordinary citizens like me, like like neighbors I have, like people all across the straight state, they, they don't want to suffer for a minute. They don't want to turn the AC up to 78 degrees, okay? They, they, they want to fight and put it at 72 degrees like they have some right, like, like they're going to be the exception, like they're not going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Well, do you know what? Why don't we take a look at the state of California, which, by the way, also has very aged infrastructure. It was just a few years ago. Uh, maybe 2017, 2018. Every year now, it seems, we hear about the wildfires in California. And some of those wildfires start as a result of the aged transmission lines and infrastructure for, for the state's electric utility company. They need to upgrade their infrastructure in California, too. But again, we're talking about a huge massive project, huge scale. We're talking about years. We're talking about inconveniences in order to be able to do that. You, you can't just erect a few windmills and, and clap your hands and, oh, magic, now we've got all electricity. A lot of it comes down to transmitting that electricity from the windmill, from the solar panel, from the natural gas plant across hundreds of miles in order to get it into people's homes. And even the federal infrastructure bill that Joe Biden passed back in November of 2021, that was like a, a trillion dollar package. And Texas is the recipient of billions of dollars worth of infrastructure funds. However, it's, it's going to take years for any of those projects to get underway. And I, I haven't seen or I haven't read much talk of, of any projects related specifically to Texas's electric grid.
that are benefiting from that federal infrastructure package, which is a shame. But something that I think about a lot is we're in a very blue area in DFW, particularly in Dallas. It's a blue city. And my district, if we concentrate even further, it's 85% plus blue. It could even be closer to 90% blue. And then you head to Austin and you're getting similar or even greater figures. So there are millions of people we're talking about in, in these blue areas, younger people who are allegedly committed to doing the right, good, moral thing, which is being proactive about so-called climate change, right? How many of those people do you think have set their thermostats to 79 degrees as is the request of state officials and as is the recommendation of climate experts? How many of them do you think do that? How many of these young liberals do you think have taken on a roommate or an extra roommate in in order to slow single family or single person residences do you know wouldn't that make a big difference if you could eliminate just people living alone and then using another ac system just independently when they could be sharing how many of these people do you think avoid using major appliances during the day in other words between the hours of 3 p.m and 8 p.m which is again a recommendation from the state please don't use major appliances like a clothes dryer how many people do you think are avoiding the clothes dryer machine during 3 p.m and 8 p.m when it's 100 plus degrees out Do, do you think many are taking that into consideration or better yet seeing as we know that a clothes dryer is one of the worst machines it's one of the worst inventions in respect to climate change if if climate change is part of your religion and faith it's so damaging in in terms of the pollution that comes out of the vents the the micro particles that get into the air and then make their way into the ocean and and just destroy the planet. And then on top of that, the electricity that they generate. When in the great state of Texas, especially in July and August, if you got a a clothes dryer and and put it out on your patio or even just hung it in, in the room, your clothes would dry in just a few hours. How many people do that in order to be proactive about climate change and and try to help our ailing grid. In any case, I, I could go on, but ultimately the responsibility of the grid, it is the state, it is the government. We should have a reliable grid. We do need to make changes in order to get the transmission lines into a place that they have enough capacity to deliver electricity, whether it's natural gas, whether it's wind, whether it's solar, efficiently and reliably to all Texans. That is at the government, particularly at the state level, 
That's their responsibility. So you know what? J- just go ahead and vote for Beto O'Rourke, who's he's going to fix everything with weed. He's going to legalize weed, and then we're going to have all this money to cut property taxes, and and we'll be able to fix the grid. And you know, weed is just going to fix everything. There won't be any more problems in the schools either if you legalize weed. Weed is is just the uh, the magic solution to everything. Anyway, that's my rant for today. Thank you for listening. Tune in to the next episode of Real Texas Radio. I'm Bronin.